on the Prince George Community Radio Society. You're listening to CFISFM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM. Prince George five-day forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud. Becoming cloudy this afternoon, wind from the southeast at 20K, gusting to 40, a high of 11. Tonight, cloudy with a 60% chance of showers. Gusting southeast winds continuing, a low of 5. On Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 40% chance of showers. More gusting south winds with a high of 16. The outlook for Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud, a low of 4, a high of 14. Cloudy on Friday with 60% chance of showers, a low of 2, a high of 8. And Saturday, a mix of sun and cloud with low of 0 and a high of 6. The long-range forecast for Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud, a low of minus 2, a high of 6. And cloudy on Monday with a 40% chance of flurries, a low of minus 4, and a high of 1. Welcome to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Hi, everybody. I would like to introduce our first guest, Ricky Holland. Um, Sorry about the whatever happened there. And I want to congratulate uh, Wayne on doing... A new show. Tell us a little bit, Wayne, about your show. <laughs> it's actually it's not new. It's just it's Community Echoes. That, oh yes, that's on Mondays at one o'clock. So yeah, it's kind of fun to be able to uh, sit behind the mic and do the interviewing as opposed to listening to the interviewing. Well, I think that you'll bring lots of information into it, and and so we we'll get back to Ricky. Ricky, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So Ricky has uh, just come on board to uh, Prince George. I have to, I never get this right. I, it's the hospice, <laughs> but there's a new thing in the hospice. Prince, Prince George Hospice Palliative Care Society. Right. <laughs> Good. And so um, Ricky is now the volunteer coordinator. And before we came on air, I was trying to find the right word for her job. And I said, oh, challenging, Ricky. You've taken <laughs> on a challenge because we were talking about COVID and how um, the volunteerism has gone down so much because people are now used to staying home and not going out. And volunteerism is the most important part of of, uh, hospice. Definitely the most important part. It really is. There's there's so many different avenues in hospice Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't even expect that volunteers are supporting us in. From inside the house to in the resale shops to events like Boogie with the Stars or the Dream Home, all those things. Mm -hmm. Volunteers are a part of every step. Coming by today, I saw um, a truck in there working in the garden. They're getting things ready for the fall, I guess. So there's another part that people don't think about is the the grounds. Mm -hmm. And the grounds are beautiful, but it's because of volunteerism that... uh, Yeah, volunteers and and generous donors. Yes, exactly. So if um, right at this moment, what do you need the most? Because I was going to start talking about different areas to volunteer, but there could be a spot that you really could use the most? You know, I think that things are always really dynamic and changing, right? Life is crazy for all of us, so people tend to have things come up, and and so this is often changing, but I think that consistently, the resale shops could always use a lot more help. And you have more than one. We do. We have one in the Tabor Plaza, right? and we have another one in College Heights, um, right next to the high school. 
Oh, next yeah. to the high school. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's down in that little valley down there? It's right next to the ball diamonds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you moved. And now there's a place you can take when you're downsizing. Uh, don't take things that should go to the dump. And you know that. You know what you would take to the dump and, and uh, what someone else could use. I have a pair of uh, boots that I've just got to clean up a little bit that I could bring in because someone could use them. I've got a whole bag of jewelry I have to bring in myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that we don't use anymore. And so think of the hospice when you're doing that. And uh, because it's that old saying, one man's junk is another man's uh, gold. Uh, now, But as a rule, if it's broken, don't bring it in. Yes, I think that's a great rule. Yeah, yeah. We also do have opportunities for volunteers to do repairs as well, though. Things mm-hmm. like sewing things or repairing electronics, if those is a kind of skill you have. Um, that's a great way for us to, to be able to utilize the donations we get even more. Yeah, and with Christmas coming up, um, I think that people who... Well, right now I find that everything costs me like 50 times more than it did just a while ago so it's going to be tough on people with children definitely and you'll have winter coats and boots and there will be toys you have a variety definitely we've got halloween costumes we've got wedding dresses and they're beautiful oh the old wedding dress eh? i'm not using that again (laughs) i hope (laughs) that's a great halloween costume yeah it could be a great halloween costume yeah Yeah. it would be wouldn't it and so Please think of the the hospice store. Oh, hi, sweetheart. We've got a little puppy dog here. <laughs> it's our visitor, Blondie. Blondie, yes. She's our favorite little um, puppy. Now, so we're talking about uh, the holidays coming up and talking about the store. But inside of hospice, you can answer the phone. Mm-hmm. And I think there's somebody always needing to be for that. Yes. So in our our main administrative building, we have kind of a reception desk that we get volunteers um, helping us out a lot there. Um, And then also in the actual hospice house itself on the weekends, we like to cover reception there if we can. That's a good idea. Um, And then we have visitors who come in the house to visit with guests and their families. Mm -hmm. Um, We would call that direct volunteering. So, you know, you're working directly with people. Yeah. And that could also include facilitating grief groups or even coming in and baking for people or helping with dinner. Um, But I know that that can be a lot for some people, especially if you've had a loss recently. Mm -hmm. And so we also have a lot of indirect opportunities like the resale stores, for example, but also uh, maintenance. People who do handiwork, that's super valuable for us. Mm -hmm. Data entry, board member positions, um, fundraising. Yeah, all these different avenues of volunteering. There's kind of a niche for everybody. Sure. Is there um, a volunteer orientation you need to go through? It depends on on the role. So if you're doing direct volunteering, there's a two-day orientation we do um, just talking about grief and and how we interact with people and the language we use and and self-care and all kinds of things like that. If you're doing indirect opportunities, um, we do things like the criminal record check and a nice little interview, but but you won't have to do uh, that sort of training. Okay. And you might want to once you get involved. Yes. Once I took it, it's, it's really valuable. And it was 
a lot of emotional work, but yeah. it it felt really good. I'm really glad I got to take it. Yes. Yeah. As a volunteer, I've, I've attended a lot of their trainings, and uh, it's given me a, an acceptance of eventuality that I'm going to leave the planet. Mm-hmm. And it gets you to look at death and dying from a realistic um, point of view of it, you know, there's no way that I remember that taxi driver saying, "You know, there's no none of us getting off of this planet alive," and it it's true. Yeah. And uh, and so working with hospice and having the training gave me a total acceptance instead of fear. It really changes your philosophy around yeah. death and dying, and also how we interact with people in our lives who are grieving. Mm-hmm. I think I think that it's okay to laugh. Mm-hmm. And to um, be around someone and bring joy to them, mm-hmm. bring music, come in with a joke. Um, I know I had a friend who was in, um, you know, in her last stages of lung cancer, and I got all dolled up in this outfit, and and I was allowed to go in, and I started showing her and, you know, acting like a, a model. And she started laughing so hard that they had to come in and <laughs> kick me out. But she said to me later, Sharon, if I was going to go, it would be lovely to go laughing, die laughing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I had to be more careful after that because <laughs> she had lung cancer. So you're thinking about her starting to cough and then choke. Yeah. Um, the other thing is uh, that people can bring their pets in. To visit, yeah, we I uh, we've had uh, service animals or, or emotional support animals come in before in the past uh, through St. John's training. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just finished our orientation training with another lady who's bringing in her dog soon, so that's going to be really oh, great. Nice. We it's... also have volunteers who come in with special skills like um, uh massage mm-hmm. or uh, different types of therapy, reflexology, right. um, and offer those to the guests and their families, which is really nice because we really support the family as well. Absolutely. You have uh, lots of groups for grief and dying. You have groups for kids, mm-hmm. groups for families. You have groups for men, uh, grub and grief mm-hmm. for guys, uh, which includes a meal. And um, and I have friends who lost their wives who went to that who have made friends for you know they have a support now yeah. for the rest of their lives and uh, it's it's uh, very interesting to get involved. I really recommend people go even if you're just going to go into the store. Mm-hmm. You start to see like you said earlier. Um, death and dying from a different perspective. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this big scary thing necessarily no. all the time. One of the books I was uh, given to read was called Final Gifts and it was uh, just a huge eye opener for mm-hmm. me because I really don't want to go. I want to stay and hang around forever but you know it's not going to be um, 
possible. And so what brought you into working there? Obviously, you care about people and you like to work with people. Otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't be a volunteer. <laughs> You're going to get all kinds of different people. Yeah, so my, my job is actually uh, sort of a two-parter. I'm the volunteer coordinator, but I also do community grief support. Okay. Um, so I have sort of a, a history in, in wanting to work with people, and mm-hmm. I, I love that. I'm a chatter. I love chatting with people, and I, <laughs> I think that this is me somehow bringing that, um, you know, that note on my report card throughout my whole life yeah. into <laughs> yes. my career, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Communication is so important. Yes. And uh, support mm-hmm. when, when, pe- when people don't want to talk about these kind of things. It's, it's important that we do. Mm-hmm. It's important that we make it safe. Yeah. And it's important to me that, that I'm, you know, providing that support, of course, to all our clients, but also that I can utilize that support for our volunteers and yes. that they know they, they can come and talk to me if they need something totally. as well. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Like that saying, no man is an island. Yeah. It's so true. It's we all need someone true. to talk to. And of course, you've got a leader who's probably one of the most kindest, warmest, loving women in the whole world. And uh, um, how fortunate to have someone like that leading. Yeah. We're lucky group. to have a, a really, really great team yeah. of really supportive people. Yeah. Now, how did they get a hold of you, Ricky? So I can be reached. Um, you can just come into the administrative building on 1506 Ferry Avenue. Um, but you can also reach us by phone. 250-563-2551 and you can apply to volunteer or figure out more information by going to pghpcs.ca so Prince George Hospice Palliative Care Society yeah. <laughs> abbreviated dot dot CA. CA. <laughs> yeah. and go on and look at their website it's very interesting uh, they have very interesting fundraising events that you might just want to wait for. You can go and sit in, in Canadian Tire and sell tickets for the the uh, the home mm-hmm. and also the fifty fifty. And we have to reiterate and, and make sure you understand that hospice has to raise funds to provide this service. They get so much funding. And the rest is up to them. We really rely on the support of the community to mm-hmm. run. And, and I think historically we've been so lucky to have such an, an amazing community in Prince George. Totally. In yeah. creating and supporting us at every step of yes. hospice. Yeah. And the other part is someday we may need the services of hospice. And so let's keep it going. Uh, there can be a little self-interest. That's not going to hurt anybody. <laughs> Uh, because um, I'm, I've had a lot of people, and, and you have those programs where you can have respite care. Mm-hmm. And so please go on their website and have a look and see. Yeah. There's a lot of information about all our programs on there, and there's a lot of resources as well. If you're just someone who's dealing with grief, there's resources on there, and there's tons of resources for volunteers specifically as well. Yeah, and so when um, if someone is ill... And maybe has been given a date, then f- go into hospice and talk to someone about how you're going to handle that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the hard fact here is we're all going to need it at some point. Nobody lives forever. Sorry, Sharon. What? I said, sorry, nobody lives forever. 
<laughs> I already said it. I just thought you were. Uh, is our next guest online? They are, yes. Okay. And so I just want to thank Ricky for coming in, and I wish you all the best. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. And you're doing such a wonderful um thing for our community and hospice is doing a wonderful thing for our families and us eventually (laughs) thank you so much thank you we'll take a short break and be back with our next guest find out what's happening in and around prince george for the latest community events and happenings tune in to after nine weekday mornings at nine o'clock on 93.1 cfis fm your host for the day will interview everybody from local politicians to cultural contributors and a whole lot more stay in the know with after nine weekday mornings at nine o'clock only here on 93.1 cfis fm if you missed the live broadcast catch the repeats every sunday to thursday night at 10 the Prince George Parkinson's Support Group meets a third Saturday of each month at the Spruce Capital Senior Center. Anyone suffering from Parkinson's or assisting someone battling with a disease is encouraged to attend for the sharing of information, education, yeah. and support. For more yeah, information, right. call Gina at 250-960-1600. That's the Prince George Parkinson's Support Group meeting the third Saturday of each month at the Spruce Capital Senior Center, the corner of Rainbow and Liard Drives. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud, becoming cloudy this afternoon. Wind to the southeast of 20K, gusting to 40, a high of 11. Tonight, cloudy, the 60% chance of showers, gusting southeast winds continuing, a low of 5. On Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 40% chance of showers, more gusting south winds with a high of 16. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Hi, everybody. We're back, and uh, I'll give out the number for hospice again. It's 250-565, oh, God, 563-2551. And uh, now our next guest is on. Hello, James. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Now, James, it's very interesting that um, I put you in after hospice, and James is... um, an employee at Asman's Funeral Home. And I think that there's such a close connection between the two. And my reason for asking James to come on is um, because I went to see him a few weeks ago uh, to make arrangements for my own uh, passing. And uh, I found that the experience wasn't anything like I expected. And I thought maybe it would be a good idea to bring James on to talk about um, making arrangements for your demise and being in charge of it and talking about something that's a very difficult subject for some folks. So thank you, James, for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for an invitation. Now, there's a different name also for Asman's Dignity Memorial, is it? Yeah, that's correct. Dignity Memorial is the old 1900 funeral homes across North America, mm-hmm. including Asman's, uh, Lake, Lakewood Funeral Chapel, right. and the Fraser the Crematorium. Okay. And I, I think it's so important that we start talking about a subject that the reason why I'm even talking about it is I was having lunch with a, um, a friend and her husband one day quite a, a while ago, and uh, I had been doing some, you know, research about um, death and dying from on my own and for my program, and 
when I started talking about it, her husband was very angry and didn't want to talk about it at all. And so when he ended up going into a care home and then ended up uh, passing, everything was left to her. And he wouldn't talk about it at all. And that had a big impact on me about leaving um, my responsibility to others. And yeah. I think it's important that we get people to start to be realistic and to think about their family and to talk about what their final wishes are. And that's where you come in to be. You're absolutely right about that. Most people don't want to talk about death, but what they don't understand is that uh, by prearrange, making prearrangements, you're actually protecting your family. And my role is actually to help people with that difficult conversation mm-hmm. about making their arrangements and what it's all about. And in the end, I think at the end of the conversation, people understand it's really about protecting their family. Yep. And the interesting thing, I didn't know that Asmunds had been here in Prince George's 1936, and it got a crematorium in 1968. So they've been here longer than I've been alive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they have. (laughs) Yeah. And so they're a well-known family in town. Um, And so uh, let's talk about plan ahead. And that's probably what I came in to see you about was to plan ahead. So let's start off with that. All right. Planning is actually four simple steps. One is reflecting, second recording, third secure, and the last one is sharing. Reflecting, really what that means is thinking back on how you want to be remembered. Uh, what do you want? Do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be, have a service? Do you want uh, a reception? Do you want to have a service in a church? What do you want? Mm-hmm. Uh, and recording is recording all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it eliminates all the guesswork for your family. And we have actually a, uh, a personal planning guide that we'll put together, and it, it's free. And anyone who wants a copy of it, they can set an appointment with me, and I can go through it with them. And it contains 95% of what's required for anyone doing the final arrangement. And that's so helpful because it's so hard to – so it's sort of like uh, um, getting uh, um, the engine started uh, you know, because if you start thinking about um, your end, then you want to avoid thinking about this. this. This is in front of you, and it'll give you a step one, two, three, and it starts you to, to think reality. Well, it really does. And you know what it also does? It really helps the person who's doing their final arrangements because they have all the information they need in one place. Right. And it, and it also tells them what you want. In terms of your final arrangements, and and so that that's part of what you do, and and you can make a pre-planning appointment with you, right? That's correct. Yeah, at five six four 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 three one. There's there's two numbers: the six zero four eight six eight zero six one nine is my my cell number, but they can phone any the Dignity Memorial. Yeah. Uh, or Sir Aspen's yeah. Funeral Chapel or um, Lakewood or Funeral Chapel or the Fraserview Crematorium. 
just look up the phone number and, and they can get in contact with me. When I when I was on your website, I didn't think about these things. Like if it, if I'm you know if I had my mom around me or my dad, if a death is near, there's a form that you can fill out um, on on the site on the website. Uh, if a death has occurred, there's you can call or fill out a form a contact form on the website. And the other thing that I I found very um, comforting comforting was that there's 24 hour service there, so that if you need something at in the middle of the night, you can phone a number. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing I was looking at was the cost and. Uh, I don't think people uh, have any idea of the cost of a funeral anymore or why would they have it. Um, so I was re- my choice was uh, cremation. And so I looked up your plan for cremation. So can we talk a little bit about the plan for cremation? Uh, certainly. So uh, there's a basic uh, cost of $2,300. That's just the basic, right? There's a, which location are you talking about? Uh, uh, chain of cu- uh, custody, personal, under under plan of for cremation. Okay. Well, there's, there's different kinds of cremation uh, packages. Oh, that's what and- people need to know, yeah. Yeah, so there's a null service option, which means that um, we just simply are doing the cremation and there's no service at all. Right. And if someone wants a service, or then that's that's different. There's additional charges for that. Right. And each person, it's going to be different for each person depending on what they want. Right. If they simply just want to be cremated and that's it, we don't do anything further, there's one charge for that. Right. If they want to have a viewing... Uh, there's extra charges for that, and if they want to have a memorial service, there's more charges for that. It all each person's different, but it's, so it's really yeah, it's clear on your website. Uh, you know, there's no hiding any anything on your website. It's very very clear on there. And I had never thought about having um, a viewing and and um, a casket rental. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. And so I think people, we can get people start thinking about, um, oh, maybe I should go on the website and have a look at the different options. Well, you know, a better option is actually just meeting with me, and I can go through each of the different options. Right. So you understand what they are. Yes. Because it can be quite confusing otherwise when you're just looking at a website and not really understanding what it is. Yeah, and I mean, but, I've already seen you, so I kind of got an idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I, I do have an idea of what I wanted, and uh, it was a very, I have to say, it was a very respectful and comforting and safe uh, environment that... Uh, um, of sitting with you and going through something so frightening. Um, now, your part is to help people go through it. What you did for me was gave me the options. Um, I asked the questions. The thing that I liked about you was that you weren't offended at my straightforwardness. <laughs> Not at all. I enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> and so there was no doubt about what I wanted. It was just, uh, the, the doubt was whether you could provide that or not. <laughs> and <laughs> well, you could, yeah. 
So if if someone wanted to have a celebration of life, they could have it there. They could have it there, or they could have it wherever they want. Mm-hmm. And and we could be involved or not. They can do it all on their own. So each person is different. It really depends on what they want. Mm-hmm. And the other part of the agreement that I have with uh, with what I signed was that there are what I can if I move, it's still viable. I yeah, can I can make changes. Yeah, and I can make changes if I want. You can. Yeah. And uh, there's a 100% service guarantee that goes with this. There is. For any part of the service that you're not happy with and we can't correct, then we'll give your money back up to to that. Yeah, and I think the important thing is to know that your pre-planning is, is, for me, it's getting the price that it's at now uh, because of the way that things are changing. And in the finances, that uh, the price that I paid, well, is not going to change. No, it's not. You're going to get the service and the price. And the rise in cost of final arrangements is um, you don't have to worry about. Exactly. And and, um, none of my family who are all back east have to worry about things because I've got it all arranged with uh, Osmonds, um, with you. I, and that's partly why I wanted to talk to you today, Jamie, was to get people to think about their family, to think about doing the pre-planning now and getting it paid for um, so that when the prices are going to go up, it's paid for. Um, and uh, and I also wanted to assure people that the the meeting I've had, two meetings with you, were very comforting for me. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And so uh, let's give out your phone number again, Jamie. It's 604-868-0619. 868-0? 868-0619. 604-868-0619. And so this is Esmond's Funeral Chapel, who's been around since 1932, or 36, sorry. And uh, think of your family and plan ahead. Thank you, Jamie, for this time. Thank you again, and enjoy your day. You too. Bye-bye. We'll take a break, and our next guest will be here. Over the summer months, the Prince George RCMP's street crew unit started targeting individuals involved in property crimes throughout the Prince George community. Hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stolen property was recovered in July, August, and September, and efforts will continue. If you have any information about stolen property or any other criminal offense, call the RCMP at 250-561-3300 or report online at northernbccrimestoppers.ca, where you can be eligible for a cash reward. The Elder Citizens Recreation Association is holding their fall craft fair and book and bake sale this Saturday from 9 to 2. There will be a great selection of everything you may need to get started with your Christmas shopping or take home some delicious home baking for the whole family. The craft fair and book and bake sale this Saturday from 9 to 2 at the Elder Citizens Recreation Association on 10th between Vancouver and Winnipeg streets. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. 
everybody. Our next guest is here, and we're having a, a family reunion. Connie Abies here from AWAC, um, advocating for women. And you community. changed it. And community. Yes. yes. You changed that. Yeah. Yes. So we haven't seen Connie for ages. And Wayne knows Connie very well. And Connie looks wonderful. So welcome. Thank it's so Thank good you. to see you. Yes. It's been a long time. And, well, COVID kind of shut us all away from each other and then made us forget each other for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're all just coming out of the, the fog. Yeah. I yeah. Think so it's time. Um, I see th- things are coming from Vancouver Women's, um, you know, f- a woman in Canada. Every other day there's a woman in Canada m- murdered and, yeah. you know, who's dropping the ball here. But I see that it's getting picked up. Yeah. 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 And certainly you haven't dropped the ball. You've really extended your services. And one of the things that I admire, Connie, is that you've managed to have a service for both men and women. Yes. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about that because it's not just a 30 day. It's got a program. There's an end, end goal there. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, over the years, we recognize that, um, our services needed to expand to include supporting, um, the men in our community. Mm-hmm. Our shelter beds are still women only, yeah. but all of our other services, housing services, outreach services, um, they're, they're both open to male and female. Well, yeah. because there's kind of like two people involved in this. Yeah. And if we're going to work with one side of it, we're not going to change anything. Exactly. And we have uh, women who are, are locked into, um, it's only one person that does you know you can't change i worked with men all through my career in anger management to try to get people to understand people can't make you do anything you choose to do that and take responsibility and be accountable exactly yeah and so you have a motel i think it is that you've taken over is it so we have our um olives branch which was a, a motel that we renovated into a uh pre and post treatment sober living facility nice because what we found was that we had a lot of um individuals saying that they'd go to detox yeah and then Then what then what they were needing to get into treatment and they're just discharged back to either the shelter or back to the street so we thought okay well we need to create something a safe space for individuals to go yeah because they took that courageous step to say you know what i need help i want to to overcome this. Yep. So we needed something to support them until they got to treatment. And then when they complete a treatment, they can come back. Mm-hmm. So not only when they leave detox, they have some place to go, but when they complete treatment, they have some place to come back to. Yep. And they can stay there um, up to three years. And and we we really focus the first year on themselves. Yes. Like, don't worry about looking for work. Don't worry about trying to get into school don't we yeah. want you to focus on yourself yeah and let's get you healthy and then around the nine ten month mark is when we start delving into okay now now what is it that you'd like to work on like what where would you like to go you know for work do you yeah. want to go back to school because mm-hmm. we really want them to take that one year and just focus on themselves uh, duh. has anybody listened to you Connie like <laughs> maybe we need a place that could do that for more people maybe there would be less people on the street if people would understand that first 
thing is is three meals a day safety um, and uh, knowing that you're going to be able to sleep and safe and that you can go to detox and yep. with medication you can come off and then you're not back out on the street you know they're they're saying what's the answer to the problem there it is yeah it just needs to be more yeah yeah and we have um mark's place which is a low barrier housing program Mm -hmm. and um that has really opened our eyes to this supported housing it does work yeah I was, I have to admit, I was a bit nervous at the beginning. I, I was would like, be, yeah. oh, like I was really, really nervous. Yeah. But they create a community there. Yeah. Right. And they're family. Yeah. And they build relationships with our staff. And, you know, we talk to them about, you know, what it is that they like to have and see for themselves. And mm-hmm. the ability to offer a place like Olive's Branch mm-hmm. for them when they're ready. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are. You know, they know that's there. They know that all they have to do is reach out and we can get that process going for them. So that is is good in the sense that it's not just a a wish. It's not just, oh, I wish I can. I had something. I wish there's an avenue because there is an avenue now. Yeah. So it's just whenever they're ready, they know that they just have to reach out and we can put them on that direction. Right. You're not telling them what to do. You're showing them what they can do. Yeah. These are the options. This is, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's ready there when you're ready. There's no pressure. It's we're supporting you wherever you're at. Yeah, and yes. having that opportunity for them. Right? Yeah, yeah. I always like to say, um, if you don't change, your life is going to be like this forever. Is that good news? Yeah, yeah. And you know what else is really good too is that that we have individuals that have um, left their their homelessness behind them and their addiction behind them and they're in recovery and when people see that when you see somebody struggling and they see somebody that they once were on the streets with that are now healthy and doing well for themselves that also plants that seed in them that you know what hope that hope yeah right it's hope it's hope yeah yeah heather used to say if nothing changes nothing changes yeah Exactly. And so is that good news? You know, like we, we're giving you an opportunity here. Um, what do you want to do with it? And where do you want to start? And to me, but the other thing is about when people say empowering, how can you empower people who don't know what empowering is? Yeah, there's such a stage there of safety that I think, like you're saying, the year. Yeah. I know that I have a place to go to bed tonight. I know that I'm going to have three meals today. I know that I can have a shower if I want one. I know I'm going to get warm clothes. That's the beginning. That's just like your children. Yeah. And then when they find out and test you in whatever way they can test you, that you're going to stick to it. And that you know, I know that you're trying to get me to kick you out, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And... We have the ability to um, transition individuals. Yes, that's right? the important so part. We, so we have the ability to um, 
we can put somebody into housing, like say we put them in at Olive Branch and, you know, say they, they do really, really well for two or three weeks and then they, they falter. Yeah. Well, we don't just discharge them to the streets. No. We say, okay. So we have our housing readiness program at yes. the shelter. Yeah. That's sober living. Yeah. We'll sit, get you there. We'll, re- you can restabilize. Yeah. And then you can come back to Olive Branch. Yes. Right. And, we also have our Victoria Towers housing program. Yes. So when individuals um, are at um, Olive's Branch and they're there for two years and they're like, okay, I, I'm, I think I'm pretty good. Like, I think I'm set. I'm ready to, to take that next step. Yeah. Then we can transition them to Victoria Towers where they have their own apartment. Yeah. It's still structured living in yep. the sense that. There's some accountability, yeah. not a lot, but there is some. Yeah. There's outreach workers and support workers that are attached to them. Yeah. So they're not just left yes. high and dry. It's okay. There's a worker there to work with them. Yeah. And they stay there for a year. So from start to finish, anybody can stay within our programs for up to six years. Continuous supports. And even after, if they leave Victoria yeah. Towers, yeah. we still support them. Absolutely. We still have our outreach workers work with them because yeah. for some individuals, they need that Well, they don't support. have family or they no. don't. Everybody's fed up with them. And with, the Victoria Towers, it's an integrated building, right? It's not just um, people transitioning. It's people that are yes. regular people and families yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So that community kind of integrates them into the real community. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good program. We gotta take a short break, Connie, and then come back. Sure. Book your child for the next Pro D Day at Two Rivers Gallery. Your child will learn the history of Halloween, use paper mache to make their own magical friend, and use beads to turn themselves into a newt. What could go wrong? Registration is available through Two Rivers Gallery for children in grades 1 through 7. Happy Halloween! The next Pro D Day Creativity Camp, 9 to 4.30 this Friday at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. If you love building with Lego, the Prince George Public Library is giving you a chance to indulge your passion. The library has free drop-in sessions for Lego builders ages 5 to 18 on Mondays at the Downtown Branch and Tuesdays at the Nechaco Branch. Each session runs from 3 to 5, with no sessions on holiday Mondays. The library supplies the Lego, you supply the creativity. That's free drop-in Lego time, Mondays at the Downtown Library and Tuesdays at the Nechaco Branch, from 3 to 5 each day. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud, becoming cloudy this afternoon, wind to the southeast of 20K, gusting to 40, a high of 11. Tonight, cloudy, the 60% chance of showers, gusting southeast winds continuing, a low of 5. On Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 40% chance of showers, more gusting south winds with a high of 16. This is Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. We're back with Connie Aby from... AWAC. And I asked her if she was related to the Prime Minister of Japan. <laughs> I like to say that I am. But... No, you told me it was like Smith. <laughs> yeah, it was. It is, yeah. And so um, your program is about uh, teaching accountability and responsibility and uh, not enabling people to stay in your place just because they can you know really and truly people don't respect even nobody respects something for nothing you know yeah yeah that's what i learned from the people that i worked with all those years yeah that um they felt good if they were doing a little chore 
washing windows or doing the dishes or setting the table or and one of the things about AWAC that um, I don't think a lot of people know but when um, Jackie Stokes came and said where do the women go that you can't take at Phoenix and that's when we started with AWAC having the, the what they called the damp beds and so you kept the women safe mm-hmm. that uh, couldn't go anywhere else because of our contracts. Our contracts were sober, sober people or people not using on the property, which yes. was unreasonable because they're going to bring it in in one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, and that's some. And at the shelter, like we've we've you know we've shifted some of our programming. Like uh, we have uh, a EOPS site now in our shelter mm-hmm. so it's a monitored um, site so ind- women can come in and and use the site and it's monitored to to make sure that people aren't overdosing yeah you know so we're, we're, we're trying to adjust our programs to meet the needs of the community right yeah and to um, especially now the cold weather's coming to encourage more women to come in yeah um, yeah from the cold right so yeah. even if it's just for the night it, yeah you know I, the other thing you have a um you have a, a health check going on, do you not? Yeah, yeah. Tell so, me about that. Yeah, so we, through our outreach team, um, we've we do wellness checks. Wellness, so anybody right. in the community, if 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 they're you know driving by and they see somebody that they're concerned about, you know, instead of calling the RCMP, they can call our our outreach team, and we would go do a wellness check because our outreach team knows quite a few individuals. Absolutely. So it's yeah. it's it's not only to lessen you know, the workload on the RCMP, but it's also, it's a safety, safety net for the, the individual because they know us. So when we, you're building a, work, a relationship. Yeah. So, and they, we can transport them, right? Yeah. Like, and, and you're building a relationship that might bring them in mm-hmm. because yes. you care. Yes. Yeah. I heard that a 15 year old just overdosed. <sighs> now, it, I don't know if she passed away or not, but this is becoming unacceptable and your programming and what you're laying out right now is practical it's common sense it's working where they are not where you expect them to be that's stages and steps and and backwards and forwards and and people go back to what's familiar and then they take a few more steps you know and i i remember talking to uh a person who is a well-known business person here in town who was against um, harm reduction. And I said, well, I'm not a harm reduction person, but um, I think everybody practices it at one time or other in their life, and it's called trying to quit. You try to quit smoking, you try to yep. reduce eating, you try to quit drinking. You're, you're reducing the harm, but you're not using those words. You're using, I'm trying to quit. Yeah. And everybody out there has tried to quit. It's just a matter of getting them the food and the healthy stuff they need to keep that want going. Well, and giving them hope. Yeah, exactly. Because right? oh. for a lot of them, they're, they're probably thinking, well, what's what's the point? Yeah. What have like, I got? I, you know, yeah. like some, I haven't finished school. I, yeah. I haven't carried a job. I So what what am I supposed to do? Okay, I'll get sober, but then what? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's why with, with our program, we encourage 
just one day at a time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're going to be with you one day at a time. And today we're just going to focus on you staying sober. Yeah. You know, nine, ten months from now, then we'll start focusing on what do you want to like? What do you want to do? Yeah. And we can help you get there. Yeah. Um, we have. You know, I mean, at Alders Ranch, you know, we do, we do have individuals that come and they stay for three or four months and then they're like, I, I'm out of here. I can't do this. Yeah. And so, but they had that. That's that right. Taste. Yeah. They had that experience of what it was like to be in a safe community, have a clear mind to be able to be sober. And that's what draws them back. And well, we never spoil, close our door. You spoiled their, you know, by, by giving them um, respect and caring. And, oh, I'm not going to do this. How many times have I heard it? And then they come back and say, oh, please, can I? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Good. But Connie brings up a really good point. You know, time is a thief. And oftentimes these people have have lived 20 years, you know, 30 years in addiction. And um, that's robbed them of their youth. It's robbed them of so many other opportunities yeah. that other people have. And then to try to plunk them back into society in the middle of you know, 30-year yeah. gap or 20-year gap or even a 10-year gap in this day and age yeah. is difficult. It's, you know, sobering somebody up maybe is the easy part. Yeah. But the transitioning into actually functioning is yeah. the hard part. I, I had that experience at John Howard with people that had been in jail for 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. But in that case, I mean, they had some, they weren't necessarily involved in the drugs and alcohol and they weren't having the mental health issues. Whereas you have that on top of that to try to cope with yeah and integration. And, and them feeling like they fit in. Um, we have one gentleman that, that was in and out of prison for 30 years. Yeah. And heavily addicted to drugs, crime. Mm-hmm. And he came to Olive's Branch and was sober for a year and a half and had a little slip. Um, but it's now back. Yeah. And six months sober again. And one of the things that he says on a regular basis, and he, it's getting less and less, mm-hmm. but it's the awkwardness to be around quote unquote normal people. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cause he, like he, he, he doesn't know, he doesn't know how to communicate and he's like he'll say like sometimes i feel stupid like yeah. sometimes i feel dumb yeah but it's just letting them know that you know you spent a better part of your life yeah. like incarcerated and living on the streets yeah. and and just giving them that comfort to feel safe and to feel normal and not to feel judged and yeah. to feel accepted yeah well, and if you think about it you know if you've been in jail for 20 years your common knowledge and your experience is jail. Yeah. So you get out. How am I going to have that, you know, one-to-one conversation, casual conversation with something when you know the person you're talking to can't relate to being in jail for 20 years? <laughs> yeah. And you can't relate to them being free for the last 20 years. So it's those little things yeah. of being able to even start a conversation with somebody, knowing you just don't relate to that person anymore. Well, imagine the changes that have happened in 20 years. Um with cell phones and, yes. and television and, um, oh, let's take a short break and we can come back and talk some more about this. The city of Prince George is one of the 11 new destinations added to the BC Bird Trail. Prince George was also recently added to GardenBC.com. The Prince George page on the BCBirdTrail.ca outlines different bird species you can find in the city and the surrounding areas. It also provides a list of shops, accommodations, and restaurants to make the most of your birdwatching trip to our city. Take time to check out the Prince George page of the BCBirdTrail.ca. 
The Prince George branch of the National Association of Federal Retirees is celebrating their 60th anniversary Wednesday with coffee and snacks. Members are encouraged to stop by to mark 60 years of strong representation for federal retirees, standing up for veterans and their families, defending dignity in retirement. RSVP by emailing princegeorgebranch at federalretirees.ca. The National Association of Federal Retirees' 60th Anniversary Celebration, 10 to noon, Wednesday, at the Brunswick Senior Center. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So we're kind of having a a discussion about uh, what it's like to uh, be a person who doesn't know what it's like to have an education, to have a safe family environment, to uh, take on an, an identity that was given to them by others, and how do you change that over time? And you're not going to do it. Like for me, five years was what I always kind of put up as a, what it would take to reintegrate and find yourself as yeah. who you are. And there's a whole bunch of pieces of you that have been taken away and ripped away from you from childhood up. So it's not going to take 30 days. That's no. just clean-out time. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and so you have programs and professional people working in these places as surrounding that are available 24-7. Well, we have um, at Olive's Branch, it's it's peer-focused, peer-led. Um, we have a our uh, program coordinator is, um, has been 11 years in recovery nice. and has worked at... Um, various treatment centers so he comes with a lot of experience and and life experience life experience and that relatability yeah. piece yeah um, don't bs a bser <laughs> yeah 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 so we do um our programming is not as intensive as as what they would get if they go to an actual treatment center right um it's ours is meant to prepare them yes to start having that structure, yeah. to having those rules set in place, because a lot of them, you know, they come straight from the streets. There, there was no structure. There yeah. were no rules. There was oh, it's survival. That. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so now you're being thrown into like a very structured up at six community, and yeah. you know you have chores. <laughs> you know you're you're accountable to other people in the community because they have chores that they have to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, for a lot of them, though, they embrace it. Yes, right. Once they get through the shock yeah and it, it's that you know the the liver and the kidneys and the brain everything is also detoxing and cleansing and and there's a lot of stuff that goes with the detox that people don't really know about yeah and that every three months you're it's going to happen again and you might not want to quit smoking at the same time as you quit everything else i don't know <laughs> yeah and the addiction is only just a layer yeah you know it's almost like being an archaeologist is is you you dust off the 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 site get rid of that first level of of dirt and you realize well there's a mental health issue underneath this yes and there's that's trauma. what's driving this addiction yeah yes and there's yeah. and for a lot of them there's multiple traumas totally right yeah so you know we do what's have normal <laughs> yeah right and so we're trying to help them cope with one at a time instead of let's just rip off all the bandages it's like no let's no. just one step at a yeah. time yeah yeah um, now you run a lot on volunteers so you have volunteers on your board of directors um, I suppose you would have volunteers that would help during fundraising yep and so how do they get a hold of uh, you 
have a volunteer person or are you doing that? So it's, um, if they call and they speak to Kim, yes. she, um, she's in charge of, of the volunteers. Um, uh, we have our, our biggest fundraiser we do is every February, the coldest night of the year walk. Right. It, it's, it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's last year we had to, to, to shorten the walk cause it, it was severe, cold. <laughs> severe snowstorm. <laughs> so we had to shorten the walk, but in the years previous, we were able to do the full walk. It was just such a beautiful night. And what, yeah. and what you're doing is, um, just you're just hitting a small part of the iceberg. We need the support and the funding to increase um, these programs that are are uh, for persons. We don't have to be gender specific, no. and yeah. uh, I think everybody's suffering in their different ways. Uh, so also donations. You take donations of food and clothing, and yeah, our winter weather's coming, so we we're in desperate needs of socks and gloves and toques. Um, old scarves, jackets, scarves, yeah. boots. Um, our team's out at seven at night till three in the morning, connecting with people on the street, hopefully getting them to access shelters. We yeah. advocate to get them into shelters so that they're not out in the cold. So when it comes to things like toques, used toques are all right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause okay. we wash everything that we're, that's dropped off. We make sure everything's washed before we hand it out. Yeah. Um, getting a hold of Kim at the, Five six five six two six two six two. Right. Yeah. That hasn't changed in, no. since nineteen ninety four, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that is when it first started. And this idea of, of going out at night is such a kindness. Um, you know, it makes me think of um that uh that carol that they sing in the winter about going out in the snow and the cold and you're taking you do have coffee i think as well yeah we take hot chocolate sandwiches um wagon wheels mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. every night yeah our tea like it's funny because we're like i'll be out if i have um if i'm taking the van out during the day like we have people just running up to the van because they're used to seeing us out there every yeah. night right yeah. and they yeah. know and that's something that that is that the the community should be aware of is that we are out there seven nights, yes. right? Seven nights a week. If they come across anybody that they're concerned about, they can just give us a call and we'll check up on them. Yeah. And remember that number, because I know that if I see someone, I'll go over and say, are you okay? I would never think of calling the police uh, because I would call you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because these people don't need to be harassed and that and the police need to be doing something else yeah takes a little bit more these people need to be taken to the hospital or taken to um some place where they can be safe and have food in a shower yeah a lot of them just want that well and and we have to be, be realistic too i mean a lot of our 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 clients have had terrible experiences oh, yes. at the hospital right yeah so yes so for their safety we would go with them right yes yeah. because a lot of them won't go because they've, they've expressed that they've had terrible experiences at the hospital well if somebody is in desperate need of medical care and that's the barrier that's stopping them from going yeah we would go with them and we would sit with them to make sure that they're not just left there right that they have some supports yes. with them yeah and so when you're doing this when do you start the um, seven till three a.m. run. We have it's, it's it's always it's always always and yes. so 
I think if you so if you got a sign on the side of the van, yeah, our um, our logo is has, uh, is on there with outreach, and even during the day, um, mm-hmm. we have outreach during the day as well, and mm-hmm. we do have people calling us, expressing concern for somebody, and we send our team out to check up on them. See, yeah. isn't it nice to have someone like Connie on the show? I, how many people tell me, you know? We need to do something about homelessness. We need to do something about these people, like they're some sort of ethnic group or something. But there are people out there. There are people like Connie that are doing things and doing big things, too. Yeah. And and the thing is, we have invited Connie. She's just either been away or oh. struggling with something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I really appreciate you giving us this time because I know how good-hearted you are and that this comes from a good place this does not come from a place of enabling this comes from a place of change yes the opportunity for change and hope yeah yeah and you're doing things that need to be done more Uh, and uh, i'm so glad you came on and i think we should get together one day and have a panel with the mayor and and our mlas and and say look expand yeah. this because i find that there's 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 not oh. a lot being saying of what is happening in our community that's right so unfortunately we have to go but, but i thank, thank you, you for so coming much. oh you. yeah we'll get you back yeah i'll come back <laughs> good okay folks tune in next week and have a good rest of the week senior moments is a co-production of 93.1 cfis fm and the prince george council of seniors senior moments is produced by sharon hurd theme music is courtesy of golf brooks music catch the rebroadcast of today's show tonight at nine or replay past shows through the podcast at cfisfm.ca you're tuned to prince george's community station 93.1 cfis fm proudly supported by community groups like two rivers gallery where creativity flows in canada games plaza